Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. So today uh, we are looking at the traditional uh, gospel lesson for the first Sunday of Advent, and that is Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. As they, Jesus and the disciples, approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David! Hosanna in the highest! Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the gospel of our Lord. So sisters and brothers, can I be honest with you? I'm disappointed with God an awful lot. You know, you, you pray, you know, somebody that you love has cancer and you pray, Lord, Use your power to rescue this person from cancer and nothing happens. I have a dear friend in Christ who has been battling mental illness for, for years. And she be, may be homeless right now in the cold because of that mental illness. I'm praying constantly for her. Nothing changes. God just doesn't show up. I've seen families where, 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 where cracks are starting to form in relationships. And, and I'm praying, Lord, certainly it is your will to preserve this family unit. But the family breaks. Nothing happened. Have you ever been disappointed by God like that? It's interesting that right after the Palm Sunday account is the account of the withered fig. The withered fig tree. So the Jesus and the disciples, they ride down the Mount of Olives, uh, through the Kidron Valley and up into Jerusalem. The very next day, they, they follow the same path and, and 
Jesus sees a fig tree there. It's spring, it's already leafed out. Jesus goes there looking for fruit. There are, there's no fruit on this fig tree. It is still too early in the season. And Jesus pronounces a curse on that fig tree. And the next day, they're following the same path. Peter sees that fig tree and says, oh, Jesus, look at that fig tree, it's already withered. And Jesus makes an incredible promise, so good that I want us all to read it together. Those of you who are here, those at Bridge MKE, and those of you who are online, let's read this together. Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for prayer in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Isn't that a marvelous promise? The trouble is, so often it seems like an empty promise. We've all had mountains in our lives that we ask God to move, and nothing has happened. And this is what's so frustrating. That a God of empty promises disappoints us. You know, it's nice promise to Jesus, but nothing happens. God doesn't show up. But maybe the problem isn't the God who makes promises. Maybe the problem that we have with prayer is that we're praying to the wrong God. I call him the marionette God. You know, the, the kind of puppet that, that you control with, a, with strings, you know? Do you ever find yourself praying to a marionette God that you've made? God, you know, I have this, this pain, this trouble, this embarrassment, and so I'm asking you, Lord, that you would recognize that my name means to be, needs to be glorified and hallowed. And that God, this marionette God, bows down to us and says, oh, the last thing that I would want you to do is suffer pain and be embarrassed and certainly I'll make sure that your name is glorified. We, 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 we pray to this marionette God, you know, use your power. Let us see your power as king. Let your kingdom come right now. And, and what we really want is we want this, this marionette God to down, bow down before us and say, oh, thy kingdom, thy plans be done, certainly, Pete. And, you know, we, we are good Lutheran Christians, so we always end our prayers with thy will be done, but that's very often just kind of lip service, isn't it? Let's be honest. What we're really saying is, Lord, I know best, so I just want you to, 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 to bow down before me and say, oh, thy will be done. I will certainly do your bidding. You know, that's the problem, is we create this marionette God that will answer our prayers the way we know is right. And the problem with a marionette God is a marionette God isn't a real God. And so the marionette God can't save us. 
But today we're celebrating that there is a God who shows up to save. Today we celebrate that the God who rode down that path down the Mount of Olives to go into Jerusalem was the God who knows. He knows the little things of life. He's a God who keeps his promises. In fact, if, if you had been in the Temple Mount and you saw th this man riding down the, don down the road with a don on a donkey, maybe you wouldn't have realized, oh, wait a second, God is keeping his promise. The disciples didn't even get it until after the fact that God was keeping his promise that he had made to Zechariah 500 years earlier. You see, ours is not a God of empty promises. He made a promise to Zechariah that the king would ride into Jerusalem on a donkey, on the colt, the foal of a donkey, and it happened. God keeps his promises. When the crowd shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessing is the coming kingdom of our father David. They were saying, here comes the fulfillment of a promise that God made to King David a thousand years earlier in Psalm 118. Ours is a God who makes promises and can keep track of them and will fulfill them. He is not a God of empty promises. And think about comforting that is when you remember he knows the little things of life. Isn't it fun just to kind of think about, oh, what would it have been like if, if I were one of those disciples that Jesus went into the, sent into the village, you know? All right, Jesus. You're asking me to go into this village and, and I'll just find a, a a colt there that nobody has ridden on, just happened to be tied in the street. And, and, and you're telling me that you know what the owners will say and that I'll just say this and, and, and they'll say, okay, go ahead. You see, Jesus knows the little things of life, doesn't he? Like these little details. True of you and me? Didn't God say that, that the very hairs of our head are numbered? Didn't Jesus promise that not a sparrow falls from the sky except our Father knows? See, the, the God who rode into Jerusalem that day knows the little things of life that just trouble us. You know, in the traditional service, we, we are using today the, the traditional Advent prayer where we pray, Lord, save us from the stress of this season and the, the frenzy of commercialism. I always choke a little bit on that. But, but let's be honest. There's so much stuff we've got to get done before Christmas. There is more stress at this time of, life, uh, time of the year, right? And, and if we step back, most of these things are relatively little. But remember, you have a God who knows the little things of life. And when we pray, he'll show up. He knows the little things of life. He knows the big things of life.
Maybe the best thing to remember is that he knows the darkest things of life. On that Palm Sunday, Jesus was riding that donkey into the darkest place in the world at that moment. The next day, Jesus would go back up on the Temple Mount and he would cleanse the temple. He would say, you've made this house of prayer into a den of robbers. You have commercialized what was supposed to be the most important part of your life. He rode into Jerusalem and he went up onto that Temple Mount. And he knew that the people who controlled that 37-acre Temple Mount, the chief priests and elders, they were the people who were trying to kill him. And he still rode into that darkest place. And the real reason why I appreciate this is, is that he knows the darkest places and he's still willing to enter into them is because this past month I was just reminded of the darkest place that I know. So uh, about a month ago, uh, one of our members here at St. Paul's in the Bridge, Chris Cordes. He's a pastor. He serves uh, as the vice president at Northwestern Publishing House. He was leading a devotion at a pastor's circuit meeting, and it was a devotion on prayer. And he just asked us as pastors, do you ever just kind of go through the motion of prayer? You visit somebody in the hospital and you say, oh Lord, you know, rescue this person from this horrible disease. But you kind of know it's not going to happen. You, you just, you know, you check the box. Ouch. You know, that Isaiah section that Pastor Nate read, most of it probably went over your head because you've only heard it once. Read it about five more times. But there's one verse that probably resonated with many of you here at the MKE or online. It's that passage, verse 6, all our righteous acts are like filthy rags, right? Ouch. Chris reminded us pastors that, you know, our righteous acts like prayers, God's sees into the dark places of our hearts and he sees the times we're just going through the motions when we're really praying to the marionette God that we have created that we really don't think anything is going to happen doubt and, and unbelief fills our hearts and yet Jesus still rides into that darkest place that's what we celebrate this Christmas season that Jesus rides into the darkest Places. Chris also made a comment that just hurt. So, just before our circuit meeting, uh, a few days before, uh, the, the little boy of one of our pastors in the circuit suffered a severe head injury, life threatening. An email went out to the circuit, you know. Pray for our little boy. And we prayed. And two days later, we didn't know if he was going to survive. Two days later, he's checked out of the hospital and everything seems fine. And Chris just said, so what did you think when you heard that he was released two days later? Eh, 
must not have been as serious as we thought, right? Rather than recognizing our God heard. Our God showed up. Our God answered our prayers. Let's give thanks to him. The darkness, right? And yet, Jesus knows all of that darkness in every one of our hearts, and he still rides into our hearts. He rode into Joshua's heart in baptism. You and I can look back and see how he rides into our hearts in baptism and says, dear child, I know all the darkness of your heart and I still claim you as my own. I am still ready to present myself as an offering. It's just amazing that Palm Sunday is four days before Passover. You know what happened four days before the Passover in the Old Testament times? Four days before the Passover, they would select the, 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 the lamb without blemish that they would sacrifice on Passover as the Passover lamb. Jesus comes into Jerusalem on that day to present himself as the Passover lamb, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We just sang about it. Wow. He rode into Jerusalem, into that dark place, into our dark place. He says, I'll take all that darkness on myself. Brothers and sisters, this is the great news. Is the true God, the God who knows everything about us, he doesn't come to condemn us, he comes to save us. To take our sins away and to give us what is best. See, that's also something that, that is amazing about this God who rode down that Mount of Olives. He knows what's best. Earlier in his ministry, Jesus had said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You know, what is the full life? Very often we're praying for the full life, isn't it? We're praying, Lord, give me family, health, long life, car, house, you know, all these nice things that we really want. That's the, the, the life to the full. Is that really what Jesus was saying? That's what the marionette God says. That's what God would want. What does he really want? He wants what's best for you. He wants life to the full. And life to the full is a life that is a relationship with your creator and redeemer. A relationship that gives you infinite value no matter what is happening to you, no matter how many setbacks you face in life, you are a child of God, an heir of the eternal. The best thing of life is this relationship that will never ever end. Life to the full is an eternal life that this creator God wants to share with us forever. And so, the God who showed up on Palm Sunday, the God who, who showed up on Christmas, the God who will show up at the end of the world, the God who shows up in our lives right now is not a God of empty promises. He is a God who knows. Knows what we need. 
knows and understands our sins and still says, I will give you what is best. And so we can pray. Jesus said, ask that mountain to be moved. Ask, seek, knock. And so let's pray. Pray with absolute confidence. This is not an empty promise. Ours is a God who keeps his promises. But as we pray, let us pray, God, you know what is best for me. So I don't want my name glorified. I want your name glorified. So if your name is glorified by my being healed or my not being embarrassed or life goes better, God be praised. But if your name is best glorified by pain and suffering and trouble in my life so that people will see you and be brought closer to you, then let your name be glorified. Let your kingdom come, your plan happen. Lord, rule more strongly and powerfully in my heart Rule more powerfully in the hearts of others around me. And, and however that happens, that's what I want. Not my will that everything goes my way, but your will. Because I know that you know what is best for me and the people that I have any influence over. And when we pray with confidence, your name be glorified your kingdom come, your will be done. We can ask mountains to move and God will move those mountains as he knows best. Our God shows up to save. Our God is faithful. And I'd ask you to stand for the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Let Jesus be all. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.